I'm Hazel, and we're Carrot and Stick, a new writing podcast that's all about trying out weird writing advice on the internet and seeing if it's actually helpful in fighting writer's block. This is our first official episode, and uh, for our first challenge this week, we did positive affirmations. Quick review of what that is, it's just saying brief positive statements to yourself that reaffirm your status as a writer or whatever else you want to say. And spoiler alert, we felt pretty silly doing it. Uh, but overall, I feel like we thought it was like it was a little successful. Yeah, kind of. I felt like they did give me a solid base of confidence to build on, even though I don't think that the affirmations necessarily made me go right. Okay, that's fair. For me, I would say that they definitely didn't hurt, because as far as the different challenges that we have lined up for this whole season, positive affirmations are kind of one of the least labor intensive. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take a whole lot of time to do them, so long as you remember to do them at all. And the benefits are potentially there. So in terms of like pure cost benefit analysis, it's a kind of why not habit. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. How many words did you end up writing? So I got kind of a late start. Um, As background context, I quit my job last week. Well, I didn't quit last week. I quit much earlier. And then my last date was last week. And so as a result, I had to do all sorts of things related to ending one job and starting another soon. And so Lizzie had a couple of extra days of affirmation time on me. But once I did get started... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you did. You started earlier than I did. And that's my fault. That's, that, that's my bad. Um, but once I did get started, uh, I wrote probably about 2,000 words. Nice. I wrote around 1,000 which felt a little slow for me, but I also felt like I was I was revising the beginning of my novel and from scratch after it's been, you know, polished so many times. So it felt it felt like there was a little bit of pressure to make every single word glisten like a diamond. And I feel like you can't really compare just kind of free writing words to editing words. They're I feel like editing words count double. You gotta think extra hard. <laughs> That's fair. If it's literal words read over and slightly altered, my word counts might get crazy over the next few weeks. <laughs> you were working primarily on the novel? Yes. I was working on this... Well, I started off just writing little additions to this sci-fi bit that I started, kind of out of boredom and kind of out of being inspired by us starting this podcast. I was like, oh, well, why don't I just start something new just for fun? And so I added on to that a little bit, but once I got uh, into real vacation time and started having extra time to just sit down and dedicate to writing, I went back to a story that I had been working on previously, and I'm really excited to be working on it again, because uh, I'm really excited about the story and these characters. Oh, nice. Our next challenge should be quit your job. Yeah, it definitely does wonders for your productivity, I gotta say. Word count through the roof. Yeah, words flying out of you like no one's business. <laughs> Feeling so good about your life and your choices. So did you feel like the positive affirmations, uh, were they a success? It's really hard to separate out the feeling good from quitting my job from feeling good about calling myself a writer. Uh I mean, it was a success in that I didn't experience any negative impact from it. I don't think anything bad came of doing the positive affirmations. Another thing I realized is that I just tend to talk to myself a lot in general. So this was kind of more directed, intentional talking to myself than usual, which is good, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Was it a success for you? Um, Like I said, I feel like it was a good foundation, but I don't think that it actually worked any magic with suddenly being better at writing or faster at writing or anything. I felt pretty silly looking in the mirror, I must admit. Um, 
And I honestly felt like I also wrote down the affirmations and I felt that reading the affirmations was had the same positive impact as saying them maybe more so because I didn't have that feeling of silliness when I just read them over and over again on post-it notes so if anything if I did this in the future I think I would probably just stick those post-it notes over my desk rather than actually verbally saying them See, it's funny because I did the exact opposite. I would forget to spend some mirror time. And so I would end up saying my affirmations in random places, like at the stovetop while I'm making lunch. And so I would have kitchen affirmations that I hadn't planned out in advance. I would just say them off the cuff, then write them down later on just to remind myself of what they were. I guess it's just because I'm a born and bred self-talker. That's just how it came out more naturally. (laughs) I was going to say the image of you whispering like, I am a writer and I will write great things today into a boiling pot of water is just amazing. (laughs) It reminds me of the old tradition of telling it to the bees where you'd go out what? to your... Have, oh, have you not heard of this? It's amazing. It's Who has bees Well, okay, beekeepers? this is back in the day where you were probably, you know, on a little farm, or at least you tried to grow more of your own food, if even if you weren't completely, like, self-sustaining. And the bees were, like, a really, really important part of of your house, and you had to keep them abreast of what was going on. The, the thing I always remember is that if someone died in... Um, your family, you had to go tell the bees. What are th- are the bees going to like throw a memorial for you? You actually like... bring them to the funeral too. <laughs> oh, this, <laughs> swear, this is real. <laughs> Wait, was that a joke answer? Or are you serious? Like you bring the bees? No, you you were supposed to bring them to the funeral. This is also, I should addendum, I learned this at the Museum of Jurassic Technology in Los <laughs> Angeles, which is a weird museum with a lot of lies <laughs> in it. But at the same time, I know this is becoming the weirdest tangent. But it um, it was part of this exhibit that's all about where different urban legends come from and what they're supposed to mean. So the the telling it to the bees is like this is what this urban legend was about and what you were supposed to do and people didn't necessarily always do the things um but you were supposed to tell the bees about important life changes that happened because they're part of the family you don't want to you don't want them to get upset you don't want to cut them out on one hand i really like this old-timey trend of treating bees like people because you know i'm i'm down with bees i want them to flourish but on the other hand i also want to use this as kind of a modern day comeback of when somebody's talking to me about something I really don't care about, I'm just going to be like, mm, tell it to the bees. <laughs> Definitely use that. <laughs> It'll go over well. Perfect. Oh, man. Boy, bye. I got to go tell it to the bees. <laughs> <laughs> so where were we? Did anything about the challenge surprise you? Um, I was actually really surprised by the fact that my first affirmation kind of backfired. I know that I texted you on day two, essentially, and said, I'm changing my affirmation. I don't know what's happening. Uh, Because I originally was going to say, I am a writer out loud and just say that over and over again in a creepy mantra-like way. But then saying that out loud kind of frustrated me. Like, my reaction to it was, I know I'm a writer. The issue is that am I a good writer? And can I get published? And can I have like some sort of career that involves writing? Like, those are the things that generally are the things that frustrate me, not so much this worry that I can't write, because I definitely do show up to do the writing a lot. So after two days, I basically changed my affirmation. And I turned it into a set of three different little statements that really addressed more of my present goals for this month, rather than my overarching ones. Um, So I said, I'm a talented writer. 
pat myself on the back. Yep, yep. Deserved, deserved. Right, right. Uh, that was just... So I said, I'm a talented writer to establish some base level confidence. Uh, and then I added, you are better than you were a year ago, because a year ago was when I finished the first draft of this book. And so I wanted to remind myself that rewriting the beginning isn't the end of the world, because I might even be better than, you know, where it currently is. Uh, and then I told myself, you can finish these rewrites. Yeah. And all of these are present tense statements, which is what we were told to do. So that's good. Yeah, I feel like we aced it. If only for the like, did you fill out the worksheet correctly? Like we did it. I'd get the sticker. No, but I think mine ended up being a little bit more vague than yours. So like you said, it it makes total sense that where you need to affirm yourself as a writer is kind of in a different place because the type of stuff that you're doing is different. But for me... I I also strayed away from the mantras. I tried doing it maybe once or twice, and I realized it was super creepy. So I tended to do, I am a writer plus alpha. So I would say things like, I am a writer and I love writing. Or I am a writer and I share my stories with others. And stuff like that. Um, one of my favorites was, uh, I am a writer and I'm proud of what I make. Because then it just felt like I was straight up kind of lying to myself at that point but for a good reason like lying with purpose (laughs) lying with purpose the motto of spies everywhere (laughs) yes i felt like a self-spy i felt like i was incepting myself with being proud of myself yeah that was the thing too with saying it into a mirror where i felt like i was looking at myself going who are you fooling Like, I'm smart enough for this to not work in a placebo effect sort of way is kind of how I felt. I definitely got very fidgety when I tried doing it in front of my mirror. Like, I would kind of bounce on my feet. I would flex sometimes for, like, no reason. hot. Yeah, I think I was maybe overcome by how attractive I am, but, like, but it wasn't (laughs) relevant to what we were trying to accomplish, and so I I tried to not do that so much. (laughs) That's fair. I think, honestly, one of the most um, positive things that came out of the affirmations was that it forced me to look inward and actually look at how am I undermining my confidence? Because I wasn't undermining the part that I feel legitimate, but I was undermining um, the fact that I'm talented or that I think that what I'm writing is valid and good. So it was good to figure out that that is kind of, that's some of the negative stuff that I've convinced myself of, you know, is that I'm not super good. That's kind of like the hidden benefit of positive affirmations, I guess, is if you start doing them and then you notice negative side effects, you can then analyze those and figure out why that's happening. I did feel like there was one moment on Friday night when it was like 10 p.m. and I definitely had the choice between crawl into the bed or sit down at the computer and continue writing. And surprisingly, the affirmation floated through my head and it did kind of push me to sit down and start writing. Where I I had said it so many times slash read it so many times that I did listen to it and it reminded me that maybe that is what I should have been doing and I did it. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, positive affirmations. (laughs) Uh, Was there anything that you felt like held you back, though, or hindered you this week? Uh, For me, like, real life demands, work-related things, not wanting to spend money to go out, like, really mundane stuff. Going out to cafes and things, I assume. Yeah, being in my room can be a real productivity killer. Sometimes, like, when it works, it works, and when it doesn't work, I just end up playing video games for a very long time. That's fair. One thing I actually stumbled into this week that worked really well for me was um, playing some, like, really awesome jams So to create a separation between I'm working on um, work stuff time and I'm working on fun writing time. I felt like that was, was actually, like, really effective. 
because I, I did I also didn't want to just leave, but it felt too like too much like staying in the same rut to like just sit at the same desk and keep keep you know word processing basically yeah I tend to use the same music as like background music for when I'm working on work stuff and when I'm writing so maybe I should make it more clear like which one is which that could be a thing in the future yeah (laughs) oops that's not this challenge though (laughs) it's fine it's fine any kind of improvement is good that's true um I felt like poor time management was definitely what held me back this week I wrote in my survey get it together Lizzie and it's true get it together Lizzie so what um, helped you write this week or inspired you? Besides quitting my job, um, quitting my job was pretty great for making time to write. Strangely, like, you know how Joss Whedon is back in online discourse now for mm-hmm. appearing in the news for being kind of a jerk? So there's all these threads on Twitter about, like, oh, yes, Whedon has always been this kind of a problematic dude. And, like, whatever your thoughts are on the, like collection of Whedon works in general. Like, I'm not really commenting on any of that. I'm just commenting on, like, how people wanted to point out that there are, that were, there were these, like, always ongoing issues in basically everything he ever made. Mm -hmm. And people sharing their feelings on, like, all these problematic aspects of things they otherwise enjoyed was weirdly inspirational for me to, like, sit down and be like, I totally have the ability to create stories that I want to see in the world. And you know, when I'm done with that, I can then go out and support creators who are making stories that I love to see. So feeling, like, inspired through negativity is kind of a weird way to put it, but it, it ended up happening. What inspired you, Lizzie? Um, I think one of the really nice things was that my brother asked me, how are you doing? And normally when people, you know, just ask you, what's up, you say, oh, nothing much, or I'm fine, it's good, great, whatever. And I actually this time said, oh, yeah, I'm working on all of these different writing projects. I'm working on a writing podcast. And it was really refreshing to actually answer that question honestly, because I definitely will sort of self-censor myself when it comes to telling people about my writing habits. Like, I think other people find it boring. And so I'll just pretend like I don't write, (laughs) which is sad. It can come off as really humble braggy. And I feel like that's why sometimes it's hard to say. Like, if someone says, how are you doing? They're not necessarily looking to be like, you know, how productive were you this week? They're just trying to start a conversation. And so you want to kind of, like, ease into it Mm -hmm. or only even mention it if they say, like, oh, how has writing been lately? But in the case of your brother, I think you can definitely tell him what you've been up to. (laughs) That's true. It's not like I was being asked by a business associate. But yeah, I totally know what you mean. There was one time where I accidentally humble bragged really hard and it was like not meant to be where I was talking to a fellow writer and we were talking about writing habits. This And this was also for context like four years ago when I was writing a lot more consistently and a much greater volume of words. Um, and my target was to write a thousand words every day. And I was decent at hitting that. And I told this girl that and she just goes, wow, James Joyce only would write 500 words a day. I was like, oh, ouch. Uh, (laughs) Like, it was just such a, like, I don't know. It just made me feel so bad. I was like, it wasn't meant to be a humble brag. I thought we were factually talking about how much, like, what our writing habits are and how much we get done. But she made me feel pretty bad about it. And I feel like that's the sort of thing where people have shut down a lot of the conversations I've tried to have about writing habits. It makes me sad. It's also such a weird way to point out that you're humble bragging instead of being like, oh, wow, that's a lot. Like, a lot of people can't get that much and kind of, like, subtly point it out. She's like, I'm going to invoke the immortal name of James Joyce (laughs) of all people. Who no one likes, BT Dubs. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, yeah, it's like I never, I never said I was James Joyce. 
I don't want to be James Joyce. Oh my God. No, thank you. But even then, it's, I didn't, I also didn't say I'm JK Rowling or I'm Patrick Rothfuss or something. I just literally was factually quantifying how many words I try and don't always write every day. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine to have your own goals. But I, I also understand people kind of like feeling defensive and wanting to say like, oh, I don't do that. But I still try my best. And it's like, yeah, you do try your best. There's no need to be rude about it. But yeah, like, we're all doing our best out here. Yeah, that's true. It's really hard when people do something different from you not to not to judge. Like I like I like Amy Poehler's motto of good for you, not for me, of just that's the best way, I think, to handle that stuff where if someone tells you something, it makes you feel bad. Just be like, good for you. And if you want to be in that same place, be like, hopefully me tomorrow. <laughs> that is, I feel like, the kind of space that we're trying to create on Carrot and Stick. There's never going to be a moment here where I'm going to make fun of you for trying really hard one week, Lizzie. <laughs> Thank you. So on that note, what are your goals for next week? I want to do a good chunk of revisions on this book. No more dragging my feet. That's my that's my motto for next good week. Good stuff. What about yourself? I think I wrote too many, um, but they're kind of really vague. I need to work on that maybe. Maybe that's a goal is be less vague. But uh, balance like work and research with writing. Be better about that. Um, go outside to write more. I... I tend to, like, coop myself up at home in a vain attempt to save money, but it's okay to go outside. I should remind myself. And uh, for this new story, like, I have this idea of where I want the plot to go, but instead of just writing scenes that drive the plot forward, I'm going to try and really focus on, like, only writing scenes that I derive joy from writing, if that makes sense. Yay! That does make sense. So, what is your overall judgment on positive affirmations? I like what you said earlier of there's really no harm to it. So I think that they're good, but they're not a, they're not really a cure-all. Yeah, they're fun, though. And I think because you had that one moment where it was helpful, like if we did do it more over time, you could see that kind of effect compounded, maybe? That's true. I mean, I do think I'm going to take the post-it notes and put them on my desk or put them on my calendar somewhere where I see them all the time, because I did really like not having to bug Ben to positively affirm me. And I just felt like I was a little less obnoxious when I when I was like, I am a talented writer instead of needing to get that from somewhere else. I think I might try that as well, like writing them down and having them somewhere instead of talking to myself, which I do anyway, so it's fine. Tell it to the bees, Hazel. Tell it to the bees. <laughs> okay, so then moving right along, what is next week's challenge? Next week's challenge is tentatively titled Bye Bye Social Media Apps. As I cry. <laughs> Which cry deeply and shamefully. We're going to try to disrupt those bad habits of constantly checking apps that are just sucking away our valuable time. Um, so the idea is basically to figure out which of your social media apps you are clicking on too much on your phone um, to round them up and delete them. That's like your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, your Tumblr. Um, Hazel and I were talking about it earlier, and we think that you can keep messaging apps like Line or Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, because you do probably need to communicate with other people. So you can keep those, but just if you are using them to waste time, be aware of that. And another strategy you can use, especially if you have a reason that you absolutely cannot delete the apps, is to make a folder on the very last page of your phone that says do not open and just put them all in there and hopefully you won't go click on it. 
And you might still do it. I did this with Facebook as an experiment, actually, um, a few months ago, where I just moved it off the homepage. I moved it like two pages back on my iPhone. And it broke the creepy, weird muscle memory for a week. And then I just turned into a machine that would go swipe, swipe, click. (laughs) So don't put it on the last page of your phone just to go swipe, 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 click. It's a lot of swipes. That's that's not the point. If you if you do that many swipes to still get to it, for one, clearly you're addicted. That's why we're doing this. Um, And for two, if you find yourself doing that, then uh, you have to delete them. That's 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 my coming down hard on that. If you if you keep trying to swipe, you need to get rid of them for this week. And then we will record the results. For me, like, I'm not a Facebook person at all. Like, I, I stopped using Facebook a while ago, but Twitter is a huge part of my life. Like, I wake up in the morning and I use Twitter to kind of wake up my brain. And so having that part of my day completely torn away from me is going to destroy me in ways I probably can't even imagine. Oh, goodness. I didn't realize this was going to be, like, sacrificing your firstborn child or, like, vacuuming up your soul. Like, anybody who uses Twitter will tell you it's not good for you, but there's no way to stop at this point. I'm curious to see if I do get more productive if I'm not allowed to go on the twits, but I, I'm also I'm also frightened. I, ha- I have to know what's going on. Let's see, what am I going to do? I want to know, too. What did people do before they could scroll through Facebook or Twitter first thing in the morning? Did people just stir tea for like 10 minutes and stare at the leaves? I'm curious what's going to fill that space. Honestly, probably podcasts. Let's not look too much into the future. Yeah, we don't want to delete the podcast app. That would be sad. So when are we starting? Like after we're done recording this? Um, I was going to start... Well, it's the beginning of your day. Oh, Japan, LA, confusing time things. Sorry. Um, no, that's okay. It's the it's the beginning of your day, though. So I would say you should start today if you can. I'm going to start tomorrow with a fresh slate. I actually... It's so sad. I really savored, like, looking at Twitter today because I was like, I have to suck it up. I need to get a lot of it today because I'm going to have none of it for a week. Oh, dear. We have problems. It's going to be for the best, though. We're doing this for greater knowledge, for greater self-knowledge. On a more positive note, uh, was there anything you'd like to tell us about as your weekly favorites? So my weekly favorite is uh, the book I'm reading right now, which is A Closed and Common Orbit by Becky Chambers. It's fantastic, and I love it. And uh, what I love most about it is that the main narrator in the story is an artificial intelligence unit. And having tried to write a story where an AI or a robot was the narrator before and struggling a lot with just really basic word choice, I am blown away by how she executes it, and I highly recommend it. Nice. I've read the first book, so I concur. It is excellent. Yeah, so it's a sequel. It's a sequel to, um, oh god, what's the full title? The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet? Yes. Okay, so read that first, and then read A Closed in Common Orbit. Um, and my pick of the week is the graphic novel, Our Cats Are More Famous Than Us. And I didn't pick it just because it had cats in it. Okay, everyone. Um, it was written by Aneth Hirsch and Yuko Oda. Um, I think Yuko's the one who illustrated it, though. And uh, it's just really cute slice of life stuff that my friend gave me this book. And honestly, it's just the perfect antidote to reading really hefty fantasy novels and other bigger tomes. It's so nice to just be like, this was just a cute little webcomic about their daily life. Uh, It's a perfect just power down your brain and enjoy the amazing illustrations and cute day to day struggles kind of book. So 
I highly recommend it. Yay. And you can read it online too for free. Uh, I think their website is johnnywander.com. That's the name of their webcomic. So check it out. And if anybody reads uh, either of these pieces or just wants to ask for more information, you can find us on Twitter, which I think we'll both allow ourselves the ability to check our Twitter like once a day, right? Oh, that's true. I forgot to mention that, which is you are allowed to check your Facebook, your Twitter, your Tumblr, etc. one time. And I would recommend you do it on a, on a desktop, like if you are actually deleting those apps, as we suggest that you do. Um, check it on your desktop and don't let it suck you in, basically. So our one time a day can be used to check our Twitter, which is at Lizzie and Hazel. And that's Lizzie with a Y. You can also reach us, though, at our Gmail account, which is carrotandstickpodcast at gmail.com. Our Tumblr, which we'll be sporadically updating, is Carrot and Stick Podcast. Our music for the show was provided by Slime Girls. Their song is You Belong, off the album No Summer, No Cry. And you can find all their music at slimegirls.bandcamp.com. We'll see you in episode two. If we survive. (laughs) Hug a lot of cats. Write so many words. (laughs) 